Welcome to the Self-Publishing Queen podcast. My name is Josiane Fortin and I'm a self-published author. I'm obsessed with helping and motivating writers to publish their books and share their gift with the world. My goal with this podcast is to inspire you to take action and be the writer you want to be. Let's go! Hello, writers. I'm Josiane Fortin, and today I'm interviewing Troy Lambert. Troy is an author and also education lead at Plotter. So please, Troy, thank you so much for being with us, and please tell us a little bit about you. Well, thank you for having me. And um, yes, as you said, I'm an author. I just finished book number 31 about two weeks ago. Um, and I, I've been writing full-time since 2009, and I'm talking to you from the mountains of Idaho, which is a great place to live and hopefully my dogs won't barge in and inter interrupt <laughs> us at any point we'll see that okay so I'm just curious like what got you into the writing industry and then also you have a second role at Plotter so can you explain to us like are you a full-time author and then part-time like how does it work so I'm I'm a full-time author and that's really my primary um I guess my primary occupation is I write and I edit and all those things. Um, but Plotter, so I've been doing that since 2009. And really what it was, was I always wanted to be a writer. I just did, couldn't figure out how to make it work as a way to make a living. And um, finally, kind of, I tell people after a whole lot of hairnets and name tags and various career starts, I finally figured I had to make this writing thing work or I wasn't sure what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And so I did. Um, but of course, Plotter came later on down the road. Basically, uh, when uh, the founder of Plotter was demoing it for just a few people at a writer's conference, I bought it because I thought well, this is a much better way to keep myself organized. And um, as things evolved and they moved in in 2020, we kind of did a relaunch of Plotter with a bunch more marketing and stuff like that. And they asked me to come on board and help them with that as their education lead, um, because I was already telling people about Plotter all the time. And they're like, hey, how would you like to do that for us? And I said, sure, why not? And so, um, but I've always been just passionate about helping writers and helping them not make some of the mistakes I made when I started out and things like that. And so that's really what led me into Plotter. Okay, so... Were you a pantser at first or were you always trying to organize your things and just oh. not figuring out like quite how to do it right? I was I was a terrible pantser at first. And then I got partway through one of my novels and I was like, you know what would help me write the end of this faster is if I knew what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of outlined part of it, just the last part of it. And kind of surprise surprise that went really well I was like wow that actually did work that was actually really fast and so I started the next novel and I got part way in and I was like you know it would be helpful <laughs> so I knew how this <laughs> was going to end and so I outlined further you know I was earlier in the process when I outlined and I was like wow that actually went pretty well so I, I was always at first kind of the guy that was like I'm just going to start with some words and write things down um, but it turned out, obviously, that the planning for me worked out much better in the long yeah. run. So I kind of made a transition. And, and this was before Plotter was even around. Mm -hmm. um, so I used a lot of like cork boards with string and whiteboards with arrows and 
there were all kinds of things I used to try to keep myself organized and none of them were really super effective, but I was, I was trying, I was trying to be that right. guy who was planning ahead. So. <laughs> I'm also trying to become like a planner, but right now I'm more in the discovery radar. Like, is there anything you could tell me maybe to help get towards like more planning? Because I know like you write faster and it's just that as I write, that's when I figure out what's going to happen. It's not like I know where the characters are going somehow a little bit, like it can change. And it's, it's just improv all the way. But like you, like it would be so much easier if I planned it out in advance. So, and then don't you get bored when it's all planned? Like you already know what's oh. going to happen. Well, so on that note, not for me, because my planning So there are people that are architects, like the James Patterson people that write like a 20,000 word outline, right? That's not me because I feel like he already wrote the first draft. Right. <laughs> he, you know, <laughs> he just didn't include any description, you know, and he's going back and filling in the blanks. And for me, that's that doesn't work. It's not really fun. So, but I plan with just, I have like a writing prompt in each scene card And and really, that's just what I'm going to write for that day. That's what I'm going to write about that particular scene. So it's not super detailed. So I'm still discovering the story as I go. I just have a general idea of what's going to happen next. So I'm not okay. being super strict about that. But um, there are ways that discovery writers use plotting and plotter. And one of the primary ones is that they you write the whole first draft first because um, to me, that's a zero draft. That's an outline draft or a zero draft. Okay. You're just telling yourself the story and things may not be in the right order. They may not be paced exactly right, but you have the story. And then you use a, an outline in the revision process to go back and essentially check your work. Like, how did I do with this first draft? Where did I go left and I should have gone right? And how do I fix that in the revision process? So you can, and the way I do that is you just summarize each scene. You break it apart and summarize each scene and put those scenes on a plot line, just as if you were outlining only your reverse outlining with what mm -hmm. you actually wrote. And then you can move things around and stuff like that. Um, but there are also people who kind of plot as they go. Like they plot the next couple of chapters. They've written enough. They figured out what the next couple of chapters are going to be like. And so they plot that. Then they plot the next couple and the next couple until they get to the end. And then usually they kind of go back to a more detailed revision type process in the revi in the rewriting process. So they're still outlining. They're just kind of keeping it loose, keeping it, you know, pretty, pretty um, open. Or the other way I see people do it is they know four or five things about their story. Like they use a W plot and they know like, what's the inciting incident? What's the midpoint? What's the climax and how do I think this is going to end? And so they know four or five things about their story and that's all they know. And they just discovery right between those things. So their first section of discovery writing is just getting to that inciting incident or getting to that midpoint. And then they kind of discovery right in between those things. So that's another way to do it as well. Yeah, that makes sense. What would be your personal uh, best story organization technique? What do you really like doing? What's very more like the most efficient thing that you can do? Um, what, for me, the most efficient thing to do is, so I use Plotter in the during the writing process as well. So my tip to people is, even if you're a plotter, 
Um, but oddly enough, what I plan to write and what I actually write aren't always the same. Mm -hmm. And it, it's a shock to people I know, but it's that's how it happens. So I summarize what I actually wrote that day and put it in a scene card in Plotter on the plot line next to what I planned to write. So what I plan to write is one level. What I actually wrote is another level. And then I compare those two when I'm done with my draft. I don't compare them along the way, but I compare them when I'm done with the draft and go, okay, so how did I match up? And does what I wrote that I kind of improvised in there, does that still match up with what I intended to write? Is that, am I telling the same story or did I go, you know, all wacko at some point and just go off into the weeds? And usually I don't because I have enough of a plan that I, I generally stay close to what I originally planned. But sometimes it happens too. So the number one thing is just as I go, I'm building that plot. So I'm I'm building that up as I go so I can use it in the revision process. Okay, that makes sense. And after you said 31 novels, do you still have ideas? Like what style do you write oh, yeah. in? Like what, what uh, and also what inspires you to write? Oh, man. So, so first of all, what inspires me to write is just story. Like I just, the more I write, actually, the more ideas that I get, like I never, I, I have tons and tons of ideas. Um, probably ones I'll never, I, I won't be able to do all of them in my lifetime, probably, <laughs> unless I get really fast. You get more as you go. So even yeah. if you get done with all the ideas you currently have, you'll get more as you go. <laughs> I'll get more ideas or they'll change or like what I want to do right now will change and that other one will get pushed off somewhere you know whatever the case may be so I have plenty of ideas and what really inspires me to write is just I mean really just telling stories to me it's a very hopeful thing that we do we help people escape their everyday lives and go into a world even if it's a bad world even if I'm writing a mystery or a thriller with a serial killer people can say well my day was bad but wasn't that bad <laughs> you know nobody's it chasing you down way worse or or whatever the case may be but also what those stories show is is generally in my stories the eventually the bad guy loses and the, the detective or whoever the main character is wins and so the idea of those stories is that ordinary people can overcome extraordinary circumstances and that really is designed designed and it's why we love stories because it gives us hope hey that guy can do it so i can deal with my life and do things too yeah. so for me it's it's about that hope and giving people an escape and something to go to that's different good i i like how you explain it and what is your writing routine do you write every single day what is it like I write every single day. Not everybody that I know does, but I write every single day. And sometimes that's in multiple sessions, depending. So usually I have a morning session that's like my, that's my sacred, this is my writing time. Um, but if I can throughout the day, I will go back and write more, especially if I'm either under deadline or I'm in the middle of a book that I'm finding really exciting or whatever the case may be, then I'll go back and write more throughout the day or in the evening, depending upon um, what my schedule looks like. So, um, it, because I mean, when you write full time, there's so much more to it. You're there's marketing, there's all the different things you have to do, but the love part is the writing part. So I get back to that as often as I can. How many words do you aim to write each day? I usually get right around two to 3000 a day. Um, sometimes more, sometimes a little less depending on circumstances, but 
that's that's kind of my goal is two to three thousand a day. Okay, and with that output, can you like how many books can you publish in a year? Um, so that depends too. It depends on my and on like what I'm writing. If I'm writing short stories, what my schedule is. But like I have, um, and I had a backlog of books that I hadn't published. So I have three books coming out by May. Okay. Um, but they weren't all written this year. But generally, I can do with edits and things like that for a year. Um, I don't really want to do good. much more than that. It's it's kind of I know people that write faster and do more than that. Still, four and is I, is pretty good. You know, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I know I mean, a lot I, of people just, who do less than that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I and I just don't know how hard. Part of my idea with and part of the efficiency of plotter and all those different things is making a career that's sustainable. And I think if you're moving too fast, you can burn out. Right. And um, I just don't want to burn out. I want to do this for the rest of my life. So whatever I have to do to not burn out, I'll probably do that. So <laughs> that's a lot of wisdom right there. Um, and I was also curious: Do you self-publish, or are you like using a regular publisher? Um, some of both. Well, I'm I'm kind of a hybrid person. Mo although most of my stuff now is is self-published, but that's you kind of have to develop that as you as you go along depending upon what your path to publication what your career looks like and how much control and how much business you want to engage in um especially when you're first starting out if you have a day job too sometimes having a publisher can be helpful in that they just take off some of the heavy lifting of like finding an editor or finding a cover designer but most of my stuff is indie, indie published now but i have an anthology coming out this year with down and out books so i i um, I kind of do both and it depends on the project, what goes to a publisher, what I hang on to, just depending upon how much control I want and then how much responsibility I want for what happens with that too. Okay. So, And how do you market your self-published books? Um, so a number of techniques. I tell people, first of all, that the two most important things you can have an, as an author that you own is your website and your email list. Um, and so those two things are really, really key, super important. Um, but I also use digital advertising. Um, I And I do a lot of, I go to a lot of conferences. And some of that is on the nonfiction, I'm helping writers side. And some of it is, you know, on the, I'm trying to sell books side of things. So it depends on the conference, what I'm trying to do. But I do a lot of in-person appearances, which not a lot of people do, but um, because some writers are just, you know, they're introverts. They don't want to be yeah. seen in public, um, <laughs> which is which is fine because you don't have to do those in-person appearances. But it does help um, raise awareness and and um, increase your book sales. I was at a conference this last weekend and sold a bunch of audio books, mainly because people walked up and said, are your books in audio? And I said, yes, I have these books in audio. Um certain i don't have all of mine in audio but a lot of them and so I, I would tell them yes i have these books in audio and they would just go on their phone and buy it right there so it does it i didn't get a sale like right there face to face with that person but yeah i did because they went and bought something online so yeah um it can help raise awareness it's not the best technique for everyone so i'd like to know more about your mailing list because that's something i've been procrastinating on um what do you give away for people to give their emails and do you keep multiple newsletters based on genre? How do you manage all that? So I have, 
so I'm actually changing that right now a little bit, but I have a couple of reader magnets, which are basically like, I give those away for free. You come onto my email list, you get this for free. Um, and then I have my email list set up in such a way that I'm driving people towards buying books. And if they don't ever buy a book or they don't review or anything like that, then I try to encourage them actually to leave my list. I'm like, if you don't want to buy books and you don't want to be here, you know, I'd rather that, you know, I'll, I'll provide you with an out um, at every opportunity. And that's just so that you have a better list of people that are actually fans. Yeah. So while some people will do all kinds of things to grow a big list, and instead I try to grow a meaningful list, um, I but I do get a lot of leads, um, do a lot of lead generation through Facebook ads. I don't sell a lot of, I don't do a lot of direct book selling through Facebook ads, and that's partly because of the conversion rate. You're sending really cold traffic to Amazon, so your conversion rates tend to be a little bit lower of people that actually buy the book. But if you get on, on your email list instead, it's much easier to direct them from a free book towards buying a book. So and you give so, away a whole book or just a short story? Um, at this point, I'm giving away, I've got a novella that I'm giving away. I'm developing another one that I'll be giving away as well. Okay. Um, and then on my writer list side of things, I was giving away one book. I'm switching that to a different book um, at the moment that I'm giving away to writers. That's a nonfiction um, book about plotting and basically kind of on the same principle that I want you to come into the, to that, um, email list. But in that case, I more want to give people information and I do author, offer writer services, but that's not really the primary object of that email list is to show people here are some ways that you can run your writing life better, um, and not make some of the mistakes that I made. And most of that's free. It's just, here's information for you. Um, or here's the latest news on publishers not knowing what they're doing or whatever the case may be. So whatever we happen to be talking about. Yeah. And um, isn't it kind of risky? I, I'm, I'm just scared to do some Facebook ads to send them to a free thing and then not being sure that I'm going to convert them to something else. Like, have you figured out that the numbers? Like, so is it just one... like a leap of faith and... At, at first it kind of is so, but you can start to determine like how many people that actually get your free book you you can structure your email list so it drives them towards purchasing the next book and you can also watch the fact that if they haven't clicked on links in your in your newsletter and they're not going to buy books somewhere then you can see okay maybe these people don't belong on my list but because of how cheap it is right now so it used to be that you could get clicks on Facebook for like 10, 12 cents and send people to your book on Amazon. That's not the case anymore. It's more expensive. But you can get email leads for around 10, 12 cents a piece, which is probably the cheapest way to get them. Because even if you do a swap through book funnel or whatever, then you're risking that a huge number of those people leave your list almost immediately. So, and there are some lists, there are some list builders that are better than others, but um uh, and like book sweeps is one of them. You you tend to get more people that actually stay on your list from them. So you'll you try to you start to determine that as you play with different things, and it it's different for different people. But those people that don't stay on your list, you just get rid of them. But in in Facebook, because I'm getting them for those leads for ten twelve cents a piece, even if I only keep half, I'm still doing okay. That's still a pretty cheap lead. 
compared to sending a bunch of people at 20 cents a click to my book and only three out of 10 buy the book. And then that, that turns into a really expensive sale unless I get really solid read through on my series. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, that's the other thing you have to take into account. Okay. So the, the book that you give is like a first in a series. So then people get interested. It's, in reading. Yeah. It's related to the series. And okay. then the one I'm developing now is actually, it's like a, it's a novella that's like an interstitial between two of the books, but it's deliberately designed to showcase who the detective is, what are the kind of cases that he takes, what does this look like? So it gives people a real flair, a real flavor of the series, and then they can, it, it brings them into the series. With my Capital City Murders series, I just give away the first book in the series. It, they're all novellas, and I, I there's 16 of them done now, so I can easily give away the first one and really not feel bad about it. Yeah, so. and if your read through is really high, then like you make a lot of money out of one reader. Right, exactly. So in the long run, if your read through is really good, which it should be, I mean, if it's not, yeah. then you have to start looking at your books themselves, which is you know how you come back to, you know, plotter and tools like that because you have to have a good book before you start anything else. You need a good book. Um, and that not, that doesn't stop with the writing process. That goes into the cover and the blurb and all the different aspects of it so that when people do land on it, they actually want that book. So yeah. uh, there, there's other aspects to it. But I mean, the very first step is write a good book, write a really good book to start with. Okay. We talked a little bit about Plotter. Do you want to explain more like what motivates you to work for uh, the company and what does it do exactly and I've seen a little bit on the website that you like it actually helps with character development so if you want to just like go and do a little sales pitch here and tell us what it does yeah so plotter is a visual outlining software and kind of what I tell people is like when before there was plotter I used like note cards and a cork board mm -hmm. um, which was there were just really bad things about that but um, but it's because it's digital, there's a lot more power in re making relationships between different ones of those cards and different things. There's different ways to do it. That's much more powerful. And so when I initially saw plotter, I was like, oh, this is the answer. This is my, I can get rid of my corkboard and do this digitally. And first of all, I have a less messy office and also be able to see things more clearly and make better relationships between my the different parts of my plot. But the other aspect of Plotter is the series Bible and characters aspect, characters and settings. And what that enables you to do is to not only track your characters throughout your series. So remember things like their eye color and their hair color and things like that without having to go back and reread chapter two because you forgot what color Susie's eyes were and you know, that type of thing, or find out which chapter Susie was in because you can't mm -hmm. remember. Um, which I know nobody else has a bad memory like me, but I'm probably the only one. But anyway. No, I, um, I write it down. Like every time I say, okay, this character has green eyes, so I have to write it down somewhere. Yep, and then and I have a, like a big pile of notes. So Plotter is that place, only instead of a big pile of notes, you've just got a list of characters and you can click yeah. on them and see, okay, her eye color was green. Do you but keep it open also... as you go so that you can... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, keep yeah it, okay. I write in Scrivener and then I... I have plotter open. And so the first time I describe a character in the the draft itself, I just copy and paste that into plotter. 
so I have that description. Now, I'll, I'll go back later and kind of clean that up. But my initial thing is just to copy and paste it so I can stay focused on the writing part. But at least I have that description and I can go make it pretty later on in the process. But in, in, in the immediate immediate moment, all I'm doing is a copy and paste. And um, But you can also do things like the, the personality characteristics of your characters and your secondary characters and how they interact with one another. And that helps you build better character relationships which makes for richer stories. And then later on in the series, you can be sure that you're consistent with that character, that if they make the same type of decisions, they've got the same type of motivations, or if they've had a character arc and they've grown, you can see what those new motivations and, and how they've evolved as a person. And that gives you an ability to make richer character arcs and story arcs as well. So it's, it's, it's kind of a combination of outlining and planning here, but also character and setting and kind of a series Bible, character interaction, character development on the other side as well. So you can do both in Plotter. Okay. So if people are interested in the, getting this program, like where can they buy it? Can you spell it out? Yeah. So the, the place to go is, is based on our website, which is Plotter without the E. Okay. P-L-O-T-T-R. Dot com okay. um and so that's the place to start um we have a 30-day free trial we also have um you know money back guarantee if you buy plotter and you just hate it first of all tell us why you hate it because that's really useful for us to you know improve it as we go along because most of the ideas in plotter have been created by other writers who have said hey it'd be nice to have this and we say okay we can do that um but um so the place to start is our website. And then from there, we have a YouTube channel that has all kinds of tutorials and also all kinds of interviews with authors where we sat down with them and say, hey, how do you use Plotter? And they show us how they use Plotter. And then you go, oh, so sometimes that'll give you ideas of like, how do I do this with this genre or something like that? Um, so there's all kinds of tutorials and videos there as well. Facebook group. We also have a really active Facebook group that you can pop into as well ask questions and all that kind of stuff good and if they want to know more about your books where can they find you and so they can find me at troylambertwrites.com where i tell people google me and um if i don't come up your internet service is down and <laughs> once you get that resolved and type in my name again then then i'll probably be there on your google page somewhere and kind of same thing with with plotter if you don't find our website right away just google plotter without the e and um you'll find us we're all over the place so good thank you so much for being on the show today oh thank you very much for having me appreciate it thank you so much for tuning into today's episode if you loved what you heard be sure to share it with me by leaving me a review if you are ready to publish your book let me take your hand in my course how to self-publish on amazon I will show you every step you need to take to successfully go through the publishing process on the platform. Keep on writing!